welcome to the Gearhead Review Podcast. I am one of your many hosts, Mr. Travis Smith, joined as always by Johnny Leffley. Johnny, hey, how you hey. doing? What's up, guys? How you doing? The Brit is back. All right, ladies and gents. The Mr. Brit. The Import. Oh, oh, the import. oh, is that a new voice we hear? Wait, Johnny? What oh. is this? Johnny, we got a guest. What? Where'd you come from? Ladies and gentlemen, please... Welcome, Mr. Tyler Roth. I'm going to be a ghost just to spoil it a little for you. Tyler Roth. Oh. I see what you did there, Tyler. Tell him about yourself, sir. Well, uh, my name's Tyler Roth. Uh, I'm pretty good friends with Johnny, sadly. Uh, He he really disappoints me sometimes, just the decisions he makes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I drive a Volkswagen, Jetta. TV I'm Aquarius, guy. and I like long walks on the beach. I do, I do. Um, what, what kind of walks are we talking about here? Long walks. You know, the one you just gaze into the stars and, you well, know, if, hands. It, wait, the beach, daytime eyes. or nighttime? Nighttime. Night, okay. And who's my boyfriend? And you eat ice cream on the sides every Sunday. Oh, okay. What's your favorite kind of ice cream, Johnny? Cookie dough. Straight no. up. Really? <laughs> I'm messing around. Yeah, yeah. Mike. Uh, I'm... I'm I don't serious. even know what to say. I, that that voice tone just totally changed. Straight up, cookie dough. It's almost like his accent is fake. It it was. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. Hey, when things get serious, I get serious. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I'm strawberry cheesecake. Strawberry oh. cheesecake. Yum. Have yes. you not had myself? You guys probably won't know this. Back home, mint chocolate chip. Ohio. No, there's a place called Handles Ice Cream, and they make the glory. I don't know if they make it anymore. But the glory. That is. Marshmallow chocolate. Oh my goodness. Chocolate marshmallow. Wow. Like, is there marshmallow just. Chocolate ice cream with marshmallow just filled. Mm. Like little marshmallows or like marshmallow filled? Like little, you know, fun sized marshmallows. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. But it's a a good backup. I gotta go cookie dough or cookies and cream. That's delicious. Butterfinger, anything. Rocky Road. Rocky Road. Yes. Uh, This is getting Rocky Road anyway. Anyway, this is a car (laughs) podcast. Let's remind ourselves of this. So. Tyler, we'll talk more about you later. Okay. Um, in the news, Mazda, some sad times coming up on you right now. CX-7 is being recalled. Ouch. Over 190,000 vehicles. 190,000. <laughs> ranging in years from 2007 to 2012 have been recalled as a co- from caused from a loss of steering control. Water, it may enter the ball joint fittings, and if water is contaminated with salt, a.k.a. driving on salty roads... Doesn't mean you crash? It usually, you would think. Uh, or the beach, yes, thank you, Tyler. Uh, the ball joint may corrode and separate from the lower control arm. Huh? That sounds like a problem. Sounds like a fun noise. Um, surprisingly, no accidents have been caused from this issue. But Mazda is going to work to fix the northern vehicles first as they are going to be coming in contact with salt soon. I'm sorry up north. Snows are coming. I mean, but the good part about Mazda doing that is usually they don't recall it until stuff has happened. Yeah, so people have been hurt. Someone yeah. has died. But, yeah, Mazda's, you know, they're pulling it early. They're letting everyone know. But, sadly, in July of 2015, Mazda had the same recall for the CX-9. Mm. Um, it was from 2007 to 2014, same issue, um, but sad to say, you know, CX-7's having the same problem as CX-9. God. But we will always end with a good note. Mazda has approved the rotary is back. The, oh. the RX-9. The Wankel engine. The RX-9, the Wankel is back. 17,000 RPM. Mazda has approved oh, it. Dorito power. Dorito power, yes. <laughs> Uh, the prototype should be completed by 2017, in production by 2019, and on dealership lots by 2020. This is a fun fact. They're expecting 400 horsepower and 2,800 pounds. Wait, is that 400 horsepower and like weighing pounds of torque? Probably. <laughs> weighing in at 2,800 pounds before it blows a seal. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. Uh, anyway. Johnny, we want to talk about the one one by Koenigsegg. We watched an amazing documentary called The Apex on Netflix. We both shared that moment together. Yes. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about it? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me see my uh, let me see my notes over there. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah, I got my got my notes I wrote down. Oh my oh, lots of notes I have on this. Hang on a minute. 
Okay, alrighty then. Okay, so the <clears throat> the Koenigsegg 1-1, Swedish design. Uh, is <clears throat> the car was actually uh, manufactured in an old military hangar uh, that the, um, the owner of the company, they... Oh, jeez. So I was getting stuck in your throat there. It must have been that pizza from earlier. Uh, anyway, well, like I was saying, uh, Christian von Koenigsegg, the, um, the founder of uh, Koenigsegg Hypercars, uh, the 1-1, an absolutely astonishing car. It, uh, it's a one-to-one -one ratio, and if you're wondering what that is, that's one horsepower to kilogram curb weight. That is unbelievable. Talk about acceleration, cornering, top speed. I mean, all the numbers, braking, you name it. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Um, it's, it, you know, it really has raised the bar in performance when it comes to hypercars. Um, it's 13, get this guys and girls, it's 1,380 horsepower. So that's roughly what it weighs, about 1,380 kilograms. I mean, it's Absolutely ridiculous. Is this four is a ten? Yeah, four is a ten. <laughs> four is a ten, right? Um, yeah, and the cool thing about it is just a little bit of history on that. If it, if nobody knows, is um, the old <clears throat> military hangar where they uh, built the cars and where they test them, uh, the private airfield. They uh, they use actually the the ghost um, and print the ghost on the back of uh, each car um, as a little bit of history in the Swedish fighter jet um, military hangars. So it's kind of cool. It's you know. Uh, a little bit of history on that, but <clears throat> uh, Chris, Christian von Koenigsegg, he's done an absolutely astonishing, astonishing job with these new cars and, you know, really bringing in the future. Um, I was actually on the, the same topic with him. Uh, I've seen a documentary of him coming up, him and a couple guys come out with a system of using camshaft-less engines. Eliminating the camshaft. Eliminating the camshaft. The one thing that has been turning engines or helping to turn the combustion engine for many, many, many years, and now they've come up with a way to actually eliminate that. So that's timing belt, timing chain. I mean, was it air operated? Yes, it was air, air and oil operated, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'll, that'll be another topic on another show, but absolutely amazing. Really cool. It eliminates um, engine size, engine weight. Um, oh yeah, wear and tear. I mean, it's, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then also the fact is, is you know, with that, it's the the tuning capability is so much greater because now not only are you just trying to tune one cylinder and the rest as it comes, you can literally tune one cylinder exactly how you want it to, and all through com you know all through computer control. So, I mean, you can squeeze every ounce of power that you want from that engine. The future is now. The future is coming. Yes. So it's now. I'm going to interrupt the news uh, with a question that Mr. Leffley asked me last week, Tyler. Put me on the spot, made me uh, decide something on top of my head. Money didn't matter. Two cars that you would want right now. Built or bought? Bought. Like bought. production, like off the showroom floor, this is what you bought. It would be anything dating back to cars. the RC. Cars are universal. Like what would I buy if I had money basically? No, just cars. What, just, what, what would be your first two cars that you would My buy? first two cars, uh, I'd have to go with a GTR just because I've always wanted one. R35? R35, yes, all-wheel drive. The only thing I don't like is that it is automatic, but eh, eh I mean, other than that, it is. The uh, fact that you can make a thousand horsepower or the flick of a computer for, for, yeah, pretty makes, much. makes you get over the automatic pretty it, quick. It, pretty much, yeah. Um, another car that I've always really liked is the Zonda. Mm. It just looks, oh, that sounds Zonda. amazing. It's if I have them, if I, yeah. Yeah. but that ain't ever gonna happen. <laughs> oh, that is oh, in due time. That, that, that is, is definitely one of my favorite cars too. Actually, that's the Zonda R. Yes. beautiful car, beautiful car. Yes, and, uh, they kind of go into, into the Zonda in depth a little bit. The owner still does not speak English. Really? Wow, I did not know. He goes to all these car functions, doesn't speak English. <laughs> Uh, they, they say he makes art. It's what he he's yeah. proud of. He's he's proud of the fact that he makes modern Michelangelo in cars. Yeah, like he makes yeah. an artwork. Is is his goal for every car? Wow, and he nails it every time. Really, going from not so good cars to <laughs> good cars to not so good. Johnny, take it away. Okay, well I'll tell you what. Um, as a good with the bad, um, we have the top ten. 
um, worst car categories and the cars that um, show their worst colours of all. <laughs> um, from the uh, Fortune uh, Consumers Report website, uh, the 10 worst cars. Uh, we're going to go with the first one, uh, which comes in on the uh, 10 spot. The Mitsubishi iMeve. Uh, the all-green car doesn't quite seem to be doing its job very well, I guess. Um, <laughs> worst minivan is the Chrysler Town & Country. Which doesn't have much competition, because I think it's the only one left. Pretty much, I think yeah. so, actually. No, it's, uh, what the, was the other one? Toyota Sienna is another Toyota one. Sienna? Yeah. And that's pretty much I believe it. Kia has one, but they are, it's basically a Town & Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. much. Um... This one, actually, um, it kind of stunned me because uh, so many people talk about this vehicle and so many people take them and on road, long road trips. I know this you know, from, uh, from uh, people I know's experience, but worst large luxury SUV is the Cadillac Escalade. That's... I dro- the, the brand new one? The 2000, yeah. Dark in 2016? 16. I drove one. Yeah? It impressed the heck out of me. Did it really? In luxury. Luxury concerns. Uh, I had one for two days. Yeah. Um, chill mileage was... Over 400 horsepower, isn't it? Yeah, it goes. Yeah. It was a rental, so I don't know if they dumbed it down, but it, it definitely <laughs> had, um, it, I had It was top of the line loaded. Um, it, fuel economy was garbage. I mean, it got about 16 miles to a gallon, I think, while I had it. That sucks. Um, but it had every creature comfort you could ever want. It was the first car I've ever drove with yeah. uh, lane assist. Uh, keeping in the lane, the assist with braking, alert you. Wait, wait, ha, ha, wait, how did it do that? How did lane it, assist. Now, how did, it, how did it let you know you were veering? I let go of the steering wheel. No, no, I mean, how does it tell you? Uh, yeah. It actually corrects it for you. It uh, corrects it. It'll slowly bring the car back. and It the, doesn't vibrate your butt, the butt, like the, the, butt, the butt will vibrate. The butt will vibrate. And it'll, it will correct it by itself. Right. So, and so, if so, you have someone too close to you that you're getting too close to come to a stop, it'll vibrate. Um, so it's definitely a woman's SUV then. Of course, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, is the vibration? Is it just like a little, bzz, or is it like a? Bzz, 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 bzz. Is it really? Is, is the is quote it's unquote so you know. Cadillac? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, no, but it, one thing I thought was the dumbest thing <laughs> I could ever see in a car. It has a glove box button. Like you just hit a button. Like you hit a button right next to the radio, and the glove box opens. You go an extra. It too? You go an extra. No, you go an extra foot. <laughs> you can grab a latch, but you know they decided to make it a button. Just yeah. something that. Just another button, just because. But you know, it, uh, it had a camera in the uh, rear view camera, forward facing camera, sat nav, leather, heat, air control, air conditioned seats was nice. I got air conditioned seats. Heating steer, heated steering wheel. It, it was it was nice. It was just it's a, it's like driving a tank around or a Hellcat. You know, it's just huge. <laughs> Oh, oh so, so, sorry for you um, listeners who heard that. That's uh, unacceptable here. Shouldn't be talking that sort of nonsense. Anyway, on to number seven, worst luxury compact SUV was the Land Rover Discovery Sport. Kind of uh, upset me there because I kind of like that vehicle, actually. I thought it was a good little combination. Uh, worst family SUV, the Dodge Journey took the cake on that one. I can yeah, see that. Uh, yeah, Dodge Journey. Uh, the worst mid-sized luxury car was, I know Travis is going to not like this, the Lincoln MKS. Oh, all the Matthew McConaughey fans are going to cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Matthew McConaughey. We he don't... drives a Lincoln. Not, you know, before it was cool, you know. Yeah. Hey, it was a cool yeah. thing, yeah. Because he wanted to. It <laughs> <laughs> was uh, monotone like commercial. I drive a Lincoln uh, because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but surprisingly, that really increased their sales. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey being in their commercials, I think it was like 40% their sales. Wow. Were. Wow. Oh, I he, couldn't believe it. He drives it, so I'm going to go buy one. Exactly. For real. <laughs> I mean, they are nice cars. Yeah, no. Could, it's... Yeah, exactly. Uh, worst compact luxury car. It drives me to drink it if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Oh, boy. Boom, boom. Sorry, uh, you know, we, we, might have, we might have to go back and edit that. Edit one out. Yeah, we <laughs> Uh, worst compact luxury car was a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250. Again, that's really like Mercedes. Like, it's one of those you just bought a badge. It's not really that you bought a Mercedes car. It's just more like you bought a badge. Poor man's Mercedes. Yeah. Still a Mercedes. The, the worst mid-sized sedan, I am not surprised at all, is the Chrysler 200. Transmission. <laughs> what was that? Oh, I'm sorry. Transmission. We, we got lost in transmission? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
Transmission issue, say what? <laughs> you mean coming out with an eight speed transmission? And just nine speed. Out, nine, nine speed, sorry. Nine speed. Rolling out a nine speed isn't a bad idea? No? Um, my friend's dad has, or he had a Chrysler 200. 6,200 miles in, needed a transmission, a replacement. Absolutely. What was it doing? Yeah, it, it, it was missing gears. Oh, really? And it was just, what, the one out of 20 that it has? Pretty much. <laughs> it was what was it, like skipping one to 12 and 12 back to six and the six to 19? No. I didn't write oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just... The worst compact, onto the next one, was uh, the Fiat 500L. So They're making too many of those. So. Yeah, which I'm not surprised because, you know, Fiat is an acronym for Fix It Again, Tony. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I, I don't <laughs> I want to elaborate too much on that. Um, and then uh, what we have here at the top of the list, the worst subcompact, is the Mitsubishi Mirage. Mitsubishi Mirage. Mitsubishi's been going downhill. You you quit production of the Evolution. I mean, you really have nothing else to lean on. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, they tried coming out of a truck there for a little while. Yeah, it was with Dodge. Yeah, yeah, and that that wasn't. This is a Raider. Yes, the Raider. Mitsubishi Raider. Yeah, Yeah, Dodge. Dodge has isn't been successful with the the Dakota, but we're gonna make one with them. Anyway, moving on to the next topic. Um, which is going to be, what car would you rather drive? Oh, who's going to go first? Tyler, you get the honors to go first on this one. Am I picking or asking? No, no, no. Uh, one of us is going to choose, and okay. then you, uh, we're going to tell you the cars. Why and don't then... you each pick a car? Ah, yes. Johnny, okay. take it away. Perfect. Okay. okay. I... Is there a price limit? Only be, uh, no, there's no price limit. Okay, okay. It's just car, car, what would you rather drive? Okay, what, okay. what would you rather drive? What would you rather drive to work every day? Okay. What I seen in traffic the other day, and I got goosebumps and shuddered, was the Pontiac Aztec. Pontiac Aztec? <laughs> yes. Oh, we're going that route. Oh, yes. Okay, Pontiac Aztec or... Yep. <laughs> Chevy Cavalier. Oof. Wait, 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 wait. What, what years? Yeah, what year? Uh, we'll go 2002. <laughs> oh. The one that leaked oil everywhere. <laughs> This is a daily? Yes. Daily, yeah. So Pontiac Aztec or Cavalier? Sorry, GM. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with the Cavalier just because they're oh. still made. No, they're not. Well, Chevy's still a company. Oh. Okay. You know, oh. that Pontiac is no more, really. So I mean, I guess you could go, you know, you wouldn't want to be seen in an Aztec. It's Yeah, that's that, pretty bad. That would, yeah. yeah. It was I a mean, squared you, off spaceship. You yeah. would see me from the oil on the uh, Cavalier, but... <laughs> <laughs> We'd see you flying that spaceship down the road too. Funny, Pretty funny much, story yeah. about a Chevy Cavalier. Um, I know a gentleman who put a cold air intake, and this was a true cold air <laughs> intake system on a Chevy Cavalier. I believe yes. it was an 03, which is the one that fed air from below the engine. Mm. Nice. Found himself a puddle. Oh, nice. hydrolocked the engine. Fun story. Ten All right, points. Johnny, you're up next. Wow. Tyler, what car are you going to give him first? Well, since he's, he wants to play that game. I'm going to pick the car I saw out in Paramore, Orlando. Okay. Okay. So it was a... You know what I used to drive? Toyota Solara? Yeah. It was a white Solara okay. with a, uh, like a beige two-tone on the bottom. Okay. It was on at least 26, 28 rims. Oh, Correct. yes. Everything else was just beat. Yes. I don't know if it was running, but... Yes. That's that's my, that's my okay. pick for you. All right. What would you pick, Travis? <laughs> my pick is going to be a car that I find very offensive. The Nissan Cube. Ooh. Oh. I like no. the Cube. You do? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, so that's it for Tyler, guys. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's no longer going to be on our show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather drive a Scion XP. Is that what it is? The XP? Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see, so I've got Nissan Cube, and I've got the Toyota Solara. On day days. On, on 28s. On, on 28s, right. Chrome. Um, you know what? If I had to pick one, I would go with the Cube. Would you? Yeah. Wow. Only reason why is just, you know, I mean, if I hit a crack the wrong way with those big wheels, they're going to bend over. and bend and buckle and come off. And, yeah, you're pretty you know, much done. And then, you know, people question things about why I'm driving it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Some of speakers in Cube, I mean. You yeah. Could, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so now it's Travis's turn. Yes. Okay. Okay. Johnny. All right. The car I'm going to give you is, uh, let's see, I will give you, oh, I know what. 
How about... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> a 1994 Ford Escort wagon. Oh. <laughs> the one made in Mexico. <laughs> What does it look like, Johnny? Oh, and it's not, it's, um, it has, <clears throat> it, the hubcaps say it's been converted from a four to a five lug. Okay, so we have a five lug hubcap. Five lug hubcap. Yep. Okay. And it's blue. It's a factory blue, but with, <laughs> um, with Bondo and, uh, primer marks all over it. Okay. And, and no, and no interior. Uh, or no, not some no interior, no headliner. Okay. It's only because I got a good look at it. I was walking past it. Were you, okay. Oh, you were just talking about Yeah. All right, now, since he wants to bring that in, I'm going to bring in the typical just car you don't want to drive. Oh. The, the older-styled Toyota Prius. The, oh, like oh. the first generation? Like the first gens. First-gen Prius. Okay. <laughs> you just made that the easiest decision of my life because I hate the Prius. <laughs> I'm going Escort all day. Same. <laughs> Wow. All day. You would drive a Prius over an Escort? No, an Escort, no, an Escort over, Escort a, Prius. over a Prius. Oh, you drive the other, okay. Yeah, I drive the Escort all day. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, but the Prius is actually probably faster. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you know, don't and, care. and it's probably one color. I don't care. And it has matching headcaps with its number of bolt holes. It's a Prius. It has an actual rim. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that's, uh, well, there you go then. That, that concludes the what <laughs> car would you rather drive? What would you rather now we are going to move on into phoning a friend. Okay. Oh, no. We're bringing on a guest today. Oh, right. Another one. Another guest. Another one. Um, um, we are going to call our friend from up north in Indiana, Mr. Jeremiah. Oh. Without further ado, Jeremiah Michelson is on the line. Jeremiah, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, sir. Um, alright, well, it all began in the backseat of a Honda. Whoa, uh, you whoa, know, whoa, I don't, whoa, I don't, whoa. I don't, I don't, I don't know where I was conceived. Is that you, or? Let <laughs> <laughs> um, me get this straight. Your car passion started in the backseat of a Honda. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> alright, well, um... I'm sure y'all have seen this commercial. It's a, you ever see that commercial? I think it's an old AutoZone commercial, actually, where, like, the father has his infant baby under the car, and he goes, yeah, that's the oil filter. Gotta take care of it, because this car's going to be yours one day. I was pretty much that baby. Oh, right then. Um, I've seen that, I've seen that. No, I've, I've been, I was basically born with a wrench in my hand, and I've been, Motorhead and anything that goes fast sets. Okay. So, All right, and then what do you currently drive? Uh, right now it's a 1989 Dodge, first gen Cummins. Oh, one of the diesel boys in the house. Doesn't believe in spark plugs. Maybe, maybe. Eight lugs, no plugs, baby. That's the way it is. And uh, to tell us a little bit about that truck. Um, well, it doesn't actually, run, right huh? now, huh? It doesn't run right now, right? <laughs> no, no, it does run. I'm, I'm waiting on the transmission from a, uh, from a A Racing. Wait, 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 what happened? Um, you, you have a Dodge with a transmission? <laughs> well, that sounds... That sounds... I, I know. Dude, dude, I don't know if you guys do this or not, but Chrysler cannot build a transmission to save their life. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys knew it. I don't know if you guys knew it, but uh, you know, Chrysler transmissions are not—they're are, not the best. I mean, I don't. Well, I'm really into to you. Make sure y'all know. <laughs> All right. And uh, what's your fastest time in that truck down the uh, quarter mile? Uh, it's actually ran a thirteen flat on a short tire. That's not bad. Wait, thirteen flat. Wait, you—you you, you said a thirty-one. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Jeremiah, do you have any projects going on right now, like side side builds you're doing? Um, well, pretty much everything I own is a constant project. <laughs> or, or not but, um... You mean like the RB25 oh. Cressida sitting in my backyard? For real. Well, yeah, yeah. There's that. Which uh, which I will be bringing back up here with uh, this year. Yeah, sir. You, you said that last year. 
Well, last year I had some troubles, you know, rebuilding four transmissions, um, kind of puts a toll on the budget, and uh, Wait, also not the, being able to drive. Is that the transmission out of the same truck? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, and um, and uh, um, and and where are you? Uh, where are you residing currently? Uh, right now, I'm in Covington, Indiana. Nice, nice. It's nothing but cornfields up there, isn't there? Corn country. If you need corn, I got you covered. Don't you worry about it. Oh, so you're a little corny. All right, we got it. Corny guy. Yeah, yeah, little corny. Dude, man, I can get you corn. I can get you corn husk. I can get you cream corn. All right, Mr. Jeremiah, we're gonna we've been going over a few uh, fun questions um, just to get the old mind working. Um, first one we're gonna shoot at you is gonna be if money wasn't an option, pick two cars that you would want right now. Right now? Yeah, right now. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, Unlimited. Let me do. I'm gonna go with an with an RX three Mazda. Okay. For one. Okay. One one because I, I I like rotaries. I mean I'm I'm pretty. Yeah, they're inefficient, and yes, they do break a lot. But I mean, you know, it's. I love the way they work. They're so simple. There's like four moving parts in the entire thing. It's great. Yeah. Let's see. That's, that's a cool. Bop, 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 bop noise. Yeah, 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 that noise. Um, let's see, that, and, uh, for the second one? Anything, no, no money. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you can have any amount of money in the bank, and, you know, you can just get whatever you want. There might just be a, um, a return of precedent. You know what? It just might be. It just might be an RB twenty five question. No, it would probably it probably be like an old school American classic. Because I mean, like you know, like like supercars are nice and they're exotic and whatnot. But um, you know, like I don't know. They just they just don't really appear. You know what? No, no, no. Like a nineteen fifties Mercury is probably <laughs> probably one of the other one. Jeremiah had money. I probably what I do. <laughs> Well, no, it's like, well, no, like, like, think about it, think about it. In the 50s, 60s, cars were sexy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, they had, they had lines, they had curves, you know, today it's just like, look at this thing we slapped four wheels on. Yeah, yeah, it looks a little boxy, yeah, yeah, I know. No, no, it's got six windows on it. Wow, six windows? (laughs) You know, it's just like, like, I don't know, like, like. Tell them about classics. It's just like they appeal to me. I'm with you on that one. I, I can definitely, I can definitely agree with you. We, um, so the the way they they the, what cars were capable of back then. I mean, still doesn't compare to now because of computers and everything. But what they did with what they had is what really impresses well, me about not, classic cars. Well, like not not even that. I mean, you could go. Um, I know, I know. You know, American Auto. And in the Barry, you could go there and probably put a set of spark plugs and a carburetor on something that they have in their lot and start it up and possibly drive it away. That's true. Like you, like a, a new, like like say a 2010 Ford Taurus or whatever. You know, you're not going to be able to do that in 30, 40 years. No, you're going to take a lot. You're just, you're just not going to be able to. No. So. Yeah, yeah, we got you on. Yeah, uh, we hear you, buddy. We hear you. All right, and then, um, all right. So here we go. And then the one and last final question we have for you is, um, uh-huh. it's going to be, what would you rather? Okay, and we're going to pick two cars. And we're going to tell you the two cars, and then you're going to pick which one would you rather drive as a daily or however you would, you know, if you had a car, what you would do with it. Okay. So the fir- right. So the first one, I'm going to pick it. It's going to be a Toyota Prius. Okay. You, you, gen, you, you gen. bastard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And then, uh, okay, so now now we're going to vote what the second car will be. I'll vote Chevy Volt. Okay. You're voting a Chevy Volt? Oh, I, I like the Volt. 
You like the vault? I, mean, I like the idea. Oh, you like the idea like of the, the vault? vault? No, because it breaks after like. Okay. okay. Catches on fire. And <laughs> like that. Right. Okay. I I, I figured maybe. Uh, um, I was maybe thinking like you know Fiat five hundred or something. No, because they no, sound. No, that hits they sound home with him. <laughs> but well, I just want to make sure this is recorded because I think he's going to go with the Prius. Prius. Yeah. <laughs> Prius or Volt, Jeremiah? The Prius or the Volt? That's it. That's what you get. <laughs> what would you rather drive? Uh, so, like, in this situation, I have no legs. I, I have no legs, no arms. I can't move around <laughs> no. any other way, right? No. This is it. Basically what we're saying, or, uh, or is not an option. Walking is uh, not an option. Taking a bullet is not an option. No. Oh, no. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I mean, we know this you know, is tough. You know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably going to have to go. God, you guys are going to give me. You're, you're going to rip me a new one. Just because <laughs> of it's probably going to be the Prius because the bolt has a range on it. Until you have to charge it back up. That is true. That's true. So the Prius, you can still pull into a gas station and keep going. I got to give you that one. I mean, we did. We were a little rough on you. You know, our, our questions weren't that bad to each other. Uh, so uh, that's pretty rough. Um, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on to the next topic, which is gonna be the meat of the show. Uh, we're talking emissions today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to go into a little bit of detail on the Volkswagen TDI scandal. Oh, scandal. Hitting a little da, da, da. close to home. Two of the, the hosts we have here on the show own this car. The Volkswagen Jetta TDI. Oh. Johnny has one and Tyler has one. Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm a proud diesel owner. Okay. You know what? Hey, I am too. Look, I went to the. I actually went to Volkswagen dealership today. And I had a sit down with one of the, uh, the, the managers there. And, you know, she said she gets tons of people that come in saying how Volkswagen's ripped them off and how, you know, they'll never buy a Volkswagen product ever again. And they can't believe how many polar bears have killed and, you know, all the rest <laughs> of it, you know. And, uh, but for me, though, I, uh, no, I absolutely still love the company. Um, and also the fact that, you know, Volkswagen owns Audi. Yeah. So let's just, you know, before anyone gets that screwy, yeah. um, you know, so when you see an Audi, think Volkswagen. When you think, you know, Audi, think Volkswagen. So, but, um, but yeah, it's a, so anyway, so, for, so any, any of you out there who don't know what's going on is uh, Volkswagen, uh, as a, uh, I mean, we could go hours on this, but I'm going to give you the short summary. Reader's Digest, short term. Yeah, there you go. Um, the short summary of it is, um, they're cars from a couple um, from uh, like a couple years ago. Oh, eight to fifteen, I believe. Two thousand eight to fifteen. So okay, that's right. Thank you, Tyler. Um, so, they, so last year. Yeah. So the two liter TDI. Yeah, the two liter TDI. They. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, and if whoever's listening, if you if you know from a engineering standpoint. Uh, it's actually very smart what they did. Yes, it is. It, very, very smart. Um, what they did very was they, they had a they had a two um, two tunes in the ECU, mm-hmm. and what it would do is when it would go on the uh, California spec emissions test, um, it would put the car into a certain tune to because, where it. Sorry. Because. Uh, only two wheels are spinning. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That's yeah. Be- yeah. Because I mean, the front wheels were spinning and the rear ones were stopped because it's only a front wheel drive car. And wasn't it something to do with atmospheric pressure and engine RPM also triggered the the tune? Because I believe it, it, it was something it, about where they were doing the it testing. Was, it was a certain scenario. Yes. The way they hold the RPM through the test, the car knew. Uh, yeah. I mean, the wheels not spinning in the in the back is a, is a giveaway. But yeah. The car knew, ladies and gentlemen. The car knew by itself to switch into this mode that would pass this test. Like super clean. Yes. Yeah. Just no horsepower. And, and basically the, the main difference of it was is on the new after-treatment systems in diesel engines, you have a catalyst that takes your unburnt fuel and uses that unburnt fuel to trigger heat to hold the soot, burn off the soot, the bad black smoke, super if you will. Heat. It heats it into and catches all the bad stuff into a filter. 
Um, basically, when you over when it overfuels and builds that soot is what helps build that heat, which makes the whole system work. Um, and what Volkswagen was doing under normal driving conditions, they were not trying to sacrifice fuel economy. So they were cutting back the fuel, getting the 40 to 50 miles per gallon that everyone dreams of when they're driving a TDI. And Yeah, you know, the smart thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The thing that we're all pretty much going for, fuel economy, um, it would cut the yeah. fuel back, which would then limit the, the effectiveness that is the after-treatment system, which caused a little bit more um, emissions coming out into the air. Um, and Johnny, didn't that manager tell you it was something to do with like point one yeah. difference? No, 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 not point one. No, point one's too much. It was point one hundredths of a tenth. Point one hundredth of a tenth. Of a difference. What brain can't even calculate that difference? <laughs> no, exactly. You, you know, need a microscope. I, I mean, I mean, literally, it's it's like a grain to a grain. I mean, it really isn't anything. But the thing is, though, because someone had questioned it. Um, you know, that's, that's, it got the whole ball rolling for them to, you know, retest these vehicles and look into it. And then that's when they found what was happening. So, uh, but you see, but here's my argument to this is if you take, I'm going to say a small block Chevy or a small block Ford. Okay. If, you know, it's carbureted, you know, old fashioned, right? Now, if you take the mixture screws and turn them out and richen it up a lot, okay, it's going to be dumping a lot more fuel in, it's going to probably run crappy, um, bad fuel miles per gallon, and just overall performance, it won't be that great. Now, if yeah, you, actually, you know, headers start glowing orange. Yeah, yeah, you know, all that good fun stuff. Now, if you actually tune the carb and you get it to where it's, you know, perfect, uh, near perfect, I should say, you know, running is, you know, uh, great performance and, you know, the best fuel miles per gallon that it can, um, I think that's a lot more efficient. So when I hear high-efficiency vehicles, I imagine that they're tuned to a fine degree and, you know, you're not pointing out no near as emissions as if it was tuned poorly. So this is so my argument to that is how can it be chucking out more emissions if it's tuned to be better? I don't understand that. And, and they're approaching the goal that everyone wants. Right. They're getting fuel economy and it's clean. Diesels, as in general, are already cleaner than gasoline engines. Excuse me, what? Yes. <laughs> no they, way. They were they were designed to run off of coal dust, which was a byproduct of the, the mining you know, industry. Yes, I mean, the diesel, even pre-emissions before we went crazy with all these EGR, SCR, DPF, DPF, DEF, and before we went crazy with diesels, they were already cleaner. Wow. I mean... um, No, no, it can't, there's no way, because all that black stuff that came out the tailpipe, there's no way. stuff that falls to the ground. (laughs) Um, It's, and that's, that's really what it was. I mean, black smoke in the air is what scared everyone to believe that they're dirty. And, you know, the black smoke running down the side of a semi-truck's trailer or black smoke, you know, out of a pickup truck like Jeremiah loves to do so much. <laughs> um, roll call hashtag. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it is a, it's a solid particulate. Exactly. You know, so, like, it doesn't, it doesn't float away. It has to go somewhere. It's not, it's not like carbon monoxide, which is, you know, on the, monec- on the molecular level. You know, like, it's not, it's a solid thing. That's why if you put your hand over it and, you know, smoke comes out, your hand is black because it's a solid matter. Yes. Right. And, and, and what I mean, triggers all of this is money. Right, exactly. Um, money <laughs> drives fuel economy. I mean, you look back into the, the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, car, not the 90s, 70s and 80s, you know, cars ran from the day they were brand new until they were put into a scrapyard. Right. You drove it to the scrapyard. Yeah. And if it broke... Yeah, until they were crushed. Yeah. Exactly. And, and if it broke, guess what? Oh, I have an engine easily accessible at a junkyard or buying a crate but, engine. Um, emissions have come in and completely changed the way we buy cars. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, you weren't going to a dealership thinking, I really like this car, but... It, it gets 17 miles to the gallon. That's just not good enough for me. You know, like, we weren't thinking that. You were right. thinking the normal things, creature comforts, ride quality, power. Yeah. You know, and, exactly. and we've, we the, the way they've changed the way the auto industry is, is becoming into these clean cars. You know, cars are selling more just due to fuel economy. Right. They're selling more just because it says it's cleaner on a piece of paper. Right. 
Um, to which my argument always comes back at, you know, China pumps out nuclear energy. We all breathe the same air. Right. <laughs> and one day our air, our clean air from America is going to go over to China and China's dirty air is coming here. I mean, it's, there's nothing you can right. do about it. Now, now quick, now Tyler, what do you think about this? Because I know you've been kind of over there kind of giving us the looks, you know, as we've been rambling on. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, what do you actually think? Because I mean, because you, I mean, you work with computers a lot. So, you know, about, you know, softwares and stuff like that. Well, uh, what's your take? The thing with the TDI is honestly, it's, it's not up to where it should be in the States at all. That's, right. that's what really gets me, because overseas, Europe, it gets, the Passat gets 84 miles average to the gallon. 84? 84 miles. That's yeah. unheard of. Pretty much. Well, imagine, over there, it's not. you imagine right. if you brought that car to the States? You cannot. I'm just saying. It pumps if, out If that 1%. car was sitting in a lot with 84 miles to the gallon, it'd be selling like hotcakes. It would be gone. There would yeah. be no more. And the fact is, is you, you would, uh, I mean, the prices for the vehicles, I mean, you, I mean, they would inflate just because yeah. of the value yeah. of the vehicle. But, I mean, is that really an issue? Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? Not at that point when you're saving no. that much. But right. As Travis said, it's all for money. So. You know, and now mind you, I mean, you know, that, that is only our opinion. That's, you know, we don't really know that's exactly what's happening. You know, we don't want to put anyone wrong and anyone right. However, you know... That's our feeling. That's our feeling. Now, uh, and Jeremiah, I mean, uh, just one real quick take from you. What, uh, what do you think? Um, so anyway, yeah, so Jeremiah, so, uh, so, so <laughs> give, give, us a, give us a quick a quick take on what you think about, about the Volkswagen diesel. No, no, like, it's, um... I, I think it's absolutely genius the way they, you know, were able to actually trick the system. You know, in, in order in order to do it. Yet, on a moral standpoint, yes, it was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's that's on a moral standpoint. Who the hell? Um, whoops, sorry. Who who moral? <laughs> who oh, we're gonna have to keep that one out. <laughs> no, you know, who has moral qualities as a as a you know a global company nowadays? Anyway, Volkswagen. No, yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> well, no, well, they tried. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, it's. I think I think what what the main problem is, is that everybody just blew it completely out of proportion. Mm-hmm. That like they're they're making mountains out of some little ant hills. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and, and my my biggest issue with it is is people are saying you know Volkswagen did this to me, Volkswagen did that to me, all due to this. Where we as people as the consumer have blown this into what it is. Yeah. Right. I mean, if it does, if Absolutely. one guy doesn't Absolutely. do a test, no one's talking about this. If, if if we're not comparing a point one hundredth of a percentage yeah. or whatever, you know, I mean, we realistically, we the people have drove down the the price of these cars just because no one's quote unquote wants that car anymore. Right. So now, bef- because of all this happening, people are saying, oh, "I lost money." Volkswagen's doing what they can to get you your money back for the depreciation of what's happened. Yes, they are. And it's going to be, I believe, up in the twelve billion dollar area. Correct. Is going to be the total number. Um, we've created this Volkswagen. Yeah, they found a glitch where they could get away with getting better fuel economy, which is what we want. And they did. For and five they years. they pulled it off. They did it. Yeah. And now they have to pay for something I don't completely agree with. Um, yeah, yeah my exactly. Like they they gave consumers exactly what they wanted, and then because you know this ridiculous amount of number that I mean you could clearly smell at the tailpipe. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, and, 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 and real quick, like, real quick, I I, I want to just sorry for cutting you on in there, but I actually just. Um, oh, no, no, go for it. Go for it. I, I would not. I would not tell anyone to go do this. Oh, yes. But I, all I'm saying is, that I had the car running one day, and I was washing it uh, on the outside, and I happened to bend down at the back, and I, I went to hold my breath because, oh, you know, down by the exhaust system, and all it was was hot air. Pretty much. That was it. Well, that's it. That's kind of kind of a perfect lead into yeah. what I want to get into. Um, I I work in this truck rental industry, semi truck industry. And I have witnessed firsthand, as the son of a truck driver, seeing the semi-truck change. Um, And all semi-trucks, I mean, now we're getting in compressed natural gas, but they've been diesels. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they have completely changed the way the diesel engine works in, in, in with after treatment systems. Um, basic basic stuff's all the same, but the they have actually it. I was con- convinced years ago that it was all just a ploy for money. All the after treatment things that they're right. doing, but I've done re- done my research. I talked to my technicians, and they are taking the the knocks that comes out of these engines and they convert it to literally water. Wow. So That's it impressive. is doing something. Yeah. The after treatment system is working. And like wow. you said, leaning down and it's just hot air. It yeah. literally is yeah. water. Yeah. On the newer uh, on some of the newer engines with the after treatment system, you'll see them start up with a cold start and have a little bit of white smoke. Some people believe it's bad. Yeah. It's mist. It's mist, yeah. But the way I want to get into a little bit how it works um, basically, as air flows out of the exhaust, pa- out of the turbocharger, it goes into a catalyst, and the catalyst is fed by by wasted fuel or you know too much fuel, if you will, and it heats it up. It takes that f- smoke or soot, if you will, and turns it into an ash. That ash gets put into the diesel particulate filter. The filter holds it into a point where it gets to a point where it needs to regen. A regen is basically using the fuel, like I said, getting the ex- exhaust up to six to 700 degrees and burning off what it can't hold. Right. Now, in a normal operation, the air continues to flow through that filter into what's called a decomposition tube. In the decomposition tube, it gets injected with diesel exhaust fluid, which okay. is basically a mix of urea and water. And the urea mixed with the exhaust gases or NOx creates water. Wow. Water is coming out of these tailpipes. I didn't believe it at first. I thought it was all just a myth for money. But then I saw the semi-trucks that come into my shop with five, six, seven hundred thousand miles. And there's not an ounce of smoke or black soot mark on that the exhaust pipe impressive. at all. That is impressive. And it is really, truly, what they're doing is it, it is working. I don't agree with a lot of it. Um, but that's my personal take. Um, but they are doing something. I mean, it's the, the, my biggest issue with it is the cost. Just, um, just yesterday I shared with you guys a picture. We were replacing three catalysts in my shop. That is $3,000 a piece. Money, money, money. I spent just replacing it or labor and all just replace just the part itself. Wow. That's not labor. That's where my problem comes into it. They're they're forcing us to do this. Yes. And it all comes with a price tag. And of course. That you've I had a truck get in an accident and what would normally be a couple thousand dollars worth of damage turned into fifteen thousand because we had to replace the exhaust. Wow. I mean, it's it's crazy. But it is working. Um, yeah, that, it, is, that is awesome. It is a it really I mean they're they're promoting it into cars. Um, like the Volkswagen has DPF, it has Knox, or you know, the um, catalyst and they're I believe going to urea I'm not 100% sure I believe so they, they, they probably will on the new models yeah. but but that's my well, that's my thing know, I wanted to put in there go ahead Jeremiah well, the, I I remember years ago remember remember like um when we were younger and like we would go out scrapping you know to like I don't know like get movie like get some money to like go to the movies that weekend or something like that and yeah. um, well maybe you did I didn't <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, Johnny, you, know, you were a wheeler and dealer since you were in diapers, man. Whoa, whoa, hey, that's No, I remember, I remember, like, uh, seeing just these containers, like these dumpsters slapped full of catalytic converters. And I remember asking why. The catalytic converter on a on a gas car. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure about a diesel, but I remember on a gas car. It's made out of platinum and steel. Outer casing is stainless steel, and the honeycomb that's in it is platinum. And when the platinum gets hot, it reacts with, you know, the carbon monoxide, uh, the oxygen, you know, and everything that comes out the exhaust, and it, it turns it into H2O. It turns it into hydrogen and oxygen molecules. And that's why whenever you see, like, say, you know, like a, a late 90s car or Man, I say this, and this stuff is, like, almost 20 years old. Like, a late 90s car, you know? And, you know, how it, how it, it, it almost feels like a boat motor because, you know, water's coming out the tailpipe. That's, 
that's what the catalytic converter is doing. It's it's also turning that exhaust into water. Yeah. I mean, it, it is real what they're doing. It's just, like I said, you know, the, my problem with it is the forcing of it. Yeah. You right. know, n- name one emission law that's come out that's gone to a vote by the people. Zero. You know, and that's always been yeah. my, my issue with it. It's, it's, it's a vote by our representatives, but I would like to see, you know, if people really knew how much everything costs and how much emissions have, have affected car costs and prices in general, they're not going to push this stuff through. Right. And that's always been my, I mean, like I said, you know, it's the exhaust system in alone is thousands of dollars now. Right. You're, you're taking away the longevity of diesel engines. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost rare to see a million mile diesel now. Yeah. And that wasn't the way it was in the 80s. In the 80s, I was just breaking it in. <laughs> yeah, just like, all right, there we go. Throw a little change on it. Let's yeah, roll. no, look, it, it was, geez, you would see, you would see at least two or three thousand, or two or three million mile trucks in, in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, question. Question for Travis, actually. Shoot. Have you seen the new cab over Freightliners? No, sir, I have not. I've seen like seven or eight of them up here hauling grain, and they're they're brand new. They're they're not square or nothing. They they literally look like the are they, are they gliders the, or are they brand new? Excuse me. Are they glider kits or are they brand new? I'm pretty sure they're brand new, okay. but they literally look like Johnny. You'll like this word, but like the lorries over. Oh, yeah, lorry, mate. Oh, yeah, lorry. That's it. No, they, they, they look like European semis. I mean, they're cab overs, but they're they're sleek. I mean, there's not like this huge, you know, Lego block hey, that's going down the road. Dynamic. Okay, hey, man, whoa, whoa. I, love old, I love the old cab overs, okay? Listen, Don't if you're you like Lego blocks, okay, I've stepped on one, they hurt. They do. Like the little ones or the kind of bigger ones? Well, either or. That's true. That's true. I'm pulling one up now, Jeremiah, and I have to agree with you. It is sleek. It looks good. Wow, guys. Yeah, I'd say, you know, if you could actually see this, it's uh, pretty, um, pretty, actually. I think I might go buy one for a daily driver. But no. one thing that was kind of crazy, getting into cab overs, Jeremiah, um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Walmart trying to make their own self-driving semi-truck. Oh, my oh. God. Um, yeah. They yeah. used a carbon fiber trailer. They made a Guinness World Record of the largest piece of carbon fiber that has ever been made. Walmart. Go Walmart. Could you imagine, really? Could you imagine getting in a wreck with a carbon fiber trailer, how expensive that would be? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Right? <laughs> and I'm broke. It would, just, it, would just, it would just explode, and you would be like cut in half. Pretty and nice. then you know it would catch on fire, yeah. somehow. You know, and but that's all right. So, um, I right, so we'll go ahead and uh, we'll close out this uh, this Volkswagen diesel uh, diesel gate we scandal. Could go, we could go on for hours. Yeah, we we, we could go on and, and keep bickering about this, but we want to uh, go ahead and get this wrapped up. So, um, yeah. So for me, uh, I own a 2013 Volkswagen TDI Jetta, and I plan on keeping it. Um, and probably possible future mods coming, so uh, I'm keeping mine. What about you, Tyler? I, I don't know yet, honestly. I, I kind of want to keep it, but I kind of don't. Hey, you just told me you want to sell it. I do want to sell it, but I want to keep it. That's more car payments, though, right? It is more car payments. Yeah, car Life payments. Life without car payments, payments would yeah. be nice. I, that's, that's more um, but if, more being a man, I guess, isn't it? If money wasn't a problem for me at all, yeah. like we were talking about earlier, I would keep it. Okay. But if I can get out the payment, scotch-free, I'm going to for now. Yeah. Until I'm ready for a real payment. I got you. And then, uh, and then you, Jeremiah. Um, well, Johnny, I for one, and Paul, that you feel like still killing polar bears with your TDI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, you know, some of us live, some of us die. You know, it's got to happen. <laughs> some of us live, some of us die. Some of us drive a TDI. Oh man! I will. It's fine with me. I mean. Like, I'm like, I mean, like I said earlier, I own a diesel from 1989. I, I, I highly doubt, you know, uh, I can't remember the number of percent is going to, you know, avoid me from sleeping, so. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what, I, um, 
Well, I want to be the first one out of the, out of the three here. I want to say thank you for giving your time. I know you've been on here for uh, roughly about you know, 35, 40 minutes. And uh, I want to say thank you for coming on the show and uh, you know, giving us your... Um, your take. Your, 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 your corny take. Hot and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and thank you and we will uh, we'll invite you on again, uh, uh, again soon. Or maybe you just, you know, you'll just keep coming back like a good disease. <laughs> yeah. Alright Jeremiah. Thanks a lot, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, Jeremiah. Thank you guys. Yep. Later. Wow, enough of that hillbilly. Anyway. Um <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna go ahead and close this up. Um All so I heard was corn and wheat. We had the uh we had the ten worst cars uh earlier on in the show. So I'd like to finish on a positive note with the winners of the top best 10 cars of 2016 so far let's do guesses not you because you already know oh you want to do guesses okay go on then give us two categories of what's there two two categories all right well you're gonna have some german and some domestic okay okay thanks you said you said category okay i meant like suv luxury uh, these are all these are all cars Cars. These are all cars. All subcompact full. Uh, sports cars. Um, maybe some might be hybrid ish. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. You get two picks. Travis. Go on in. Two picks. Two of the cars that are on the list. Two of the cars that are on the list. So we're picking like a category for like hatch or just sports cars? Just, just sports car. Oh, it's. It's just sports cars. Yeah, it's mainly sports cars. Okay. Just because of what I, I in personal opinion, the, the M4 got to be on there. M4. Okay. Are oh, you say M4? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the new Mustang. New Mustang. The new, new Mustang. Okay. I'm going for it. Okay. All right. Well. All right. So you got the you got the Mustang and you got the M4. Okay. So here we go. Here are our winners. For 2016, and uh, I just like to let everyone know that this is uh, top ten best cars of um, twocoolcars.com. It's um, uh, yeah, the the top ten best cars of 2016. So here we go, the winners: BMW 235i. That's close. Pretty yeah. close. The next is the Cadillac CTS V Sport. Yes, I didn't even think of that. Yes. Yeah. Next one. Oh, you're gonna hate this. Chevrolet Camaro. Yeah. <laughs> or did it win the most blind spot award? <laughs> no windshield award. <laughs> no windshield award. Uh, the, uh, the the most um, guy magnet award. <laughs> no. Um, they sound good. N- next on the, next on the list is Ford Mustang. Oh. Shelby GT350 and GT350R. I gotta give Tyler that one. That's close enough. Yeah, I said Mustang. Yeah, you didn't say GT. You just said Mustang. <laughs> Next one on the list. You guys probably didn't think this was even going to be in here. The Honda Accord. Oh no. my God. No, I it, did not. I didn't see that one coming, but no. it, it is. They are popular cars. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, actually, here we go. Uh, questioning uh, any of the four, uh, forty-two hundred and fifty laborers at Honda Marysville, Ohio, get together, plant about what makes the Accord such an extraordinary auto is similar to asking a guardian for what's a good reason their kid is uncommon. To demonstrate no disgrace in assuming praise, uh, <clears throat> you are not prone to hear much said here in regards to the Accord's enormous quality, its bundling, uh, uh, or its sublime blend of ride in taking care, uh, being taken care of. I don't know, lots of blah, 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 blah. It's still a Honda Accord. Uh, the next is uh, the Mazda MX-5 Miata. I could I could I see the Miata. Yeah. The new Brembo package one they got is pretty cool. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, and then following right after that is the Mazda 3. Really? Yeah. Mazda <laughs> looking car. Hatch or sedan? Uh, that looks like the hatch. They do look good. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, the next two uh, come from a German family. Ooh. The Porsche Boxster. And Cayman. Hey. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, the Boxster's actually come a long way. I remember when the Boxster was, like you said earlier, the poor man's Porsche. So, uh, and then, on the uh, getting close down to the list, uh, I said hybrid earlier, the Tesla Model S70 and 70D. Anyway, not bad. Not a Tesla. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, again, coming from the German side, 
uh, Volkswagen Golf GTI and the Golf R. The Golf R, yes, that is, that's a stock. What is it? Twelve second stock? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. No. So that uh, that wraps up the uh, the top ten. The RS uh, wasn't on there. RS. The Ford, Ford Focus RS. No, no, uh, no. I believe because maybe that came in has come into the market a bit too late. Yeah, maybe that, that that will probably be more evaluated in twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. All right, moving on. We are going to close out this episode of the Gearhead Review. It's a little long in the one hour area. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Um, like we said last time, share us as many times as you possibly can. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Well, what's on media? Well, I'm getting into that. Uh, okay, Calm okay, down. Why are you always trying to tell me to do things? <laughs> um, anyway, um, we uh, have uploaded the first episode we did last week. Mr. Tyler, thank you for that. Yes. Uh, should be up in the next few days. We'll definitely um, let you know. We'll definitely let you know. And one way to find out is we have an Instagram. Just search the Gearhead Review. Instagram. We have an Instagram. It is up. Um, we, our Facebook page is under construction. Um, I'm working on that right now, forever under construction. Uh, MySpace page is up. Um, top eight, top eight friends are up. Um, we're working on Twitter right now as well. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, thegearheadreview at gmail.com is our email. Thegearheadreview at gmail.com. Uh, what about Snapchat? Oh, also and Snapchat. The Gearhead Review on Snap is on Snapchat. They are. The what? Because it looks like just Gearhead Review. Search Gearhead Review and you'll find us. Yeah, for sure. And we'll uh, do some silly behind the scenes and, stuff. Uh, right? Yeah, there's um, a guy named Gizmo who's out there uh, taking pictures of random cars. I don't know what Gizmo's up to, but he's just <laughs> out there taking random pictures of cars and posting them on Snapchat. So watch out for him. And check out our uh, Man Crush Monday from last week. It was a good one. Yeah, so um, I agree with that one. Like I, like I said, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Tune into our social media and you'll find out what we're talking about. All right. Thank you very much and have a great and jolly night.